uh, as we look at the Bible this morning and think about how the Bible fits together during our study of biblical theology, uh, I want to look this morning at the law, and specifically the law and the Ten Commandments, and think about how that fits together. Specifically, are we still supposed to be obeying the laws in the Old Testament? Or maybe, are we supposed to obey some of the laws, but not other laws? How does that work? How does this apply to us? This is part of how we fit the Bible together. How do, how do the rules in the Old Testament fit with the New Testament and so forth? So, first let me set it up and the importance of it. The, the different views on how you understand the law can not only be the difference just between doctrinal understanding between Christians, but it can actually be the difference between being a Christian or a heretic. And this is really what the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Galatians. You remember that in Galatians there was the circumcision party who said, you need to be circumcised in order to be saved. It was a requirement. And that was a law in the Old Testament. First it was given to Abraham, but then it was written into the law in Leviticus that you needed to be circumcised. And so they said, you still need to be circumcised in order to be saved. Uh, But Paul was very clear that that was not a requirement for salvation. And so you see just in their uh, misunderstanding of how the law and the Old Testament fit together with uh, the New Testament, it led not just to a difference of opinion in some third-tier doctrine, but it, it led to a difference between Christianity and not Christianity. And so these things are important. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter 5 at the end, right before Revelation. 1 John 5. I want to read verses 2 and 3. This is 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. And this is where we read that obeying God's commands is evidence that we love God and we love other Christians. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And so those verses are pretty straightforward, pretty clear. Uh, obeying God is how we show love to God. And if we're obeying God, that means we're by default also going to be showing love to the people around us because that's what God commands us to do. So, on the one hand, the Bible teaches us that, like we see in the book of Galatians, that all the laws don't necessarily apply to us in the same way. In other words, we're not required to keep all the laws. But here in 1 John, we see this message that it's really important to obey the commands of God. It's probably evidence of whether or not we're a Christian, whether we obey or not. So we really need to have an understanding well, what do we do with the laws in the Old Testament? Are those ones we're supposed to be obeying? Or are those ones that we're not required to obey? So that's kind of the setup 
this morning. So what do we do with these laws in the Old Testament? Uh, flip over, if you would, to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. And this is just one place. There are several other verses we could look at that say the same thing, but this uh, is pretty concise and clear. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says this about the law. Uh, Romans 6, 14 says this, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And so there it says that we are not under law, but under grace. We can see the same message uh, later in the book in Romans 8. We can see the same message in Galatians 4, where it says we're not under law, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And so this seems pretty clear that we're not under the law. And notice it doesn't say we're not under some laws, uh, but some of the other ones still apply. It just says we're not under law. We're not under the law anymore. And so, like I said, we see this at other places in the New Testament as well. So what does that mean? Uh, I'll give you the short and sweet answer kind of towards the front today. Uh, the short and sweet answer is that we are not required to obey the commands in the Old Testament because we're not under the law. That's what we read here in this verse. We read that, like I said, in Galatians 4 as well. So that would be the law is the laws generally found in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. When you think of the law, that's what we're thinking of, those commands in those books. And so we're not required to keep those laws anymore. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Or as uh, other passages say, uh, instead of being under the law, the old law, now we're under the law of Christ. So it's not that we're lawless people and we're free to do just whatever we want. There's still a law, but it's different than the Old Testament law. So that means that we can eat bacon, uh, which was forbidden in the Old Testament, but now we can have it. That means we can eat crawfish, which is a great thing for where we live at. Or if you don't like crawfish, shrimp or other seafood, catfish, you can have that. Uh, you know, you can, uh, yeah, I see David over there. You can shave, like, uh, you can trim the edges of your beard. Uh, although that had different significance then. But uh, you can also wear a cotton polyester blend in your clothing, right? Uh, you can do work on Saturday. Uh, all these things that we read in the Old Testament, uh, we are no longer bound to them because we're not under the law. So uh, why is that? I want to think a little bit more about why that is. Some people would say it's because... The Old Testament law is split up into three categories. Uh, they would classify it as there's the moral laws, there's civil laws, those would be kind of the government uh, standard laws, like you have to clean your house out of, with the mold certain times, uh, and how the society is supposed to live. And then there's also, there's, there's moral, there's civil, and there's ceremonial laws. So those would be more like the sacrificial system in the, in the temple. Some people would split the law up into these three categories, and they would say, 
we're no longer bound to any of these civil laws or ceremonial laws, but because the moral law is God doesn't change, his standards don't change, those things carry forward. I don't think that's really the best way to view the law, because as we see, I think, in these texts like Romans 6.14, I don't think the New Testament actually splits up the law. It simply says, this is the law, and you're not under it. So in other words, I think the New Testament teaches us that it's really a package deal. It's, it's all or nothing, in other words. You're either under all of it, or you're under none of it. In fact, Paul says that. If you want to obey circumcision, then you're going to have to be under the entire law. It's, it's an all or nothing thing. And so why is that, that it's a package deal? I think that's uh, a helpful thing to think about. and really helps us understand why it is we're not under the law anymore. So flip over to... Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. This is a really important text when it comes to understanding the law in the Old Testament, also understanding the priesthood, and understanding the the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Uh, We're in Hebrews chapter 7. We'll look at verses 11 and 12. But the reason the Old Testament law is a package deal is because... All the laws are tied to the covenants. The the laws are, as God makes the covenant with the people at Mount Sinai, and then he gives the law to them, he's, he's saying, I'm committing to this relationship with you, and this is how you're supposed to act in this covenant relationship. These are the stipulations of following me as my people under this covenant. And so the law is tied to the covenant. That's why it's a package deal. It's not really about how many times or how many laws you've broken, but whether or not you have sinned against God and uh, broken that relationship, that covenant against him. So that's sort of why it's a package deal and why we see places like James saying, if you break one law, you've broken all of them, right? And so we see the laws as stipulations of how the people of God are supposed to act in relationship with God, and they're tied to the covenant. But because they're tied to the covenant, the law, the Old Testament law, because it's tied to the covenants, the old covenants, that means when there's a change in the covenants, there's also a change in the law. Because there's a change in the covenant, there's a change in the law. And that's what we read here in Hebrews. Hebrews talks about it in terms of changing of the priesthood, but you'll see how it applies to the law as well. So let me read Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, so even there you can see this uh, almost synonymous nature between the priesthood and the law. So remember that as we read. If, there's a, if, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek rather than one named after the order of Aaron? And this is the key verse. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. So what's going on here in the book of Hebrews? This is where it's talking about Jesus being our high priest. 
they're, they're no longer the Levitical priesthood. There's been a change in the priesthood. Jesus is now our one high priest and has uh, sacrificed himself as the perfect offering to bring us into a relationship with God. And so there's been a change in the priesthood from the old covenant way to the new covenant way. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant to bring us to God. There's a change in the priesthood. Old covenant to new covenant. Levitical priest to Jesus, our high priest. And it also says, not only is there a change in the priesthood, a change in the covenant, but because of that, there's also a change in the law as well. And you remember, it's a, it's a package deal. There's a change in the old covenant, and there's the priesthood is tied to the old covenant. The law is tied to the old covenant. Well, now we have a new covenant with Jesus. Not only is he... A, a new high priest, but he also brings a new law with him, which is why we see phrases like the law of Christ. We're no longer under the law, but now we're under the law of Christ, Romans 8. And so here I think is probably the clearest place we see this. We can see it in other places as well, I would say. Galatians is really important for all this stuff, but uh, I think this is probably the most concise place we see that because the covenants have changed, the law has changed as well. And so, when the covenant changes, the law changes. And that means that that's, that's really why we're no longer under the law in the Old Testament. So the laws in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's the law. We're no longer under that because we're no longer under the old covenant. Jesus has brought the new covenant where... The new covenant people of God, remember Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant that I pour out for you. We're under the new covenant, and so we're not under this old law, but now we're under the new law. So, let's think about a couple implications of that. All of that makes sense when we think about things like food laws and sacrificial laws. I mean, it just makes sense. We're not required to, you know eat these things. Jesus himself said, all food is clean now. Uh, you're not required to keep the ceremonial law, so to speak, the civil law. But it also makes us wonder about what we usually think as the law in the Old Testament. It makes us think about the Ten Commandments. Uh, and this is really where I would say the rubber meets the road. Are we required to keep the Ten Commandments? as the new covenant people of God. It's tied to the old covenant. In fact, you could say that the Ten Commandments are the law of the old covenant, and all the other laws are just like case law. They're like explanations of what those ten, covenant, ten words mean. So that law is tied to the old covenant. So by definition, the covenant has changed. That means the law has changed as well. Uh, it's not quite that clear cut, though, but let me talk through it, and then we'll get to the nuances. The Ten Commandments are tied to the Old Covenant, so yes, I would say technically, we are not bound to obey, we're not required to obey the Ten Commandments as the New Covenant people of God. They're not our rule book, so to speak. What does that mean? Uh, does that mean you can just go murder someone? No. Uh, because, why is that? All of the Ten Commandments are repeated to us in the New Testament. And I think that's the key part. It's not that there's some laws that 
that uh, are eternal and they carry over. The New Testament teaches us there's a clear cut. The old covenant is done. We're not under the law. Now we're under the new covenant. But in this new covenant, we see these same things being commanded again. So we're not supposed to worship idols. We're not supposed to commit adultery. We're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to covet, etc. So we're still required to keep these things. But it's not because that we, but it's because they're told to us in the new covenant, in the new testament as the law of Christ. And that's why we understand that these things are uh, really the, the eternal standard, so to speak. Not because they're uh, the Ten Commandments, but because we see them repeated in the new covenants. And so, uh, I think this is really helpful when it comes to the Sabbath. So let's think about the Sabbath for a minute. In the New Testament, we're not commanded to keep the Sabbath, which is why I think it's right to say that we're not under the Ten Commandments, because if we were still under them, if they carried over, then we would have to keep the Sabbath. We would have to keep, we would, we would be meeting on Saturday, because it's part of the Ten Commandments. But because there's a clear cut, and now we're in the New Covenant, what does the New Covenant say? It repeats some of the patterns, but it tells us to don't forsake the gathering. That's the command, really, that corresponds to the Sabbath in the, in the New Covenant. Don't forsake the gathering of believers. And that happens when? That happens on Sunday. And so we see that where, really, all of those commands are repeated, but some of them are changed slightly from the Ten Commandments. And that's why it's because we're no longer the Old Covenant people of God. We're the, the New Covenant people of God. And so now we gather together and we're commanded to gather together to worship the Lord on Sunday. So I think that's, that's the clearest example I can think of of why I would say we're not technically required to keep the Old Covenant law, including the Ten Commandments, but we see all of those commandments repeated in the New Testament. So it's, it, you could say, yes, we are required to keep them. It's kind of a yes and no, but there's, there's some nuance to that. And I think that's important with how we fit the Bible together. At the end of the day, what matters is, yes, we're supposed to obey this because this is what the Bible says in the New Testament. So don't anyone say, oh, you can just, my pastor said you can be just doing whatever you want because you don't have to keep the commands in the Bible. It's not what I said. Uh, but I, I tried to explain some nuance. So. In summary, the Old Testament is not a rule book for us today, but some of those commands are repeated in the New Testament for us to obey. So as the New Covenant people of God, we're bound to obey the, the law, the rules of the New Covenant, which we find in the New Testament, I would say. So when we look at 1 John and it tells us to, to obey the commandments of God, that's where we need to look at. Now, that doesn't mean the Old Testament's irrelevant to us. If we're no longer under those rules, that doesn't mean we, we never need to read it, we never need to think about it, because we see examples in the New Testament of how the law itself still teaches us, even though we're not required to obey it, it still teaches us instruction, it teaches us wisdom, it teaches us, uh, really points us as an example to, to Jesus as well. And so there's still good reason to know the Old Testament, to know the law, because 
we don't know it in order to obey the rules in it, but we know it in order to know God better, to know what his mind is like, to know what Jesus is like. We still find that in the Old Testament, and so it's still valuable to us. Don't hear me say that we're not required to keep the laws in the Old Testament. Well, I, I could probably skip Exodus through Deuteronomy in my Bible reading and be okay. No, that's not. We still learn about the Lord about his mind, about what he desires, about what Jesus is like in the Old Testament, specifically in the law. And so that's where I want to close. The law points us to Jesus. The law is important because it shows us our sin. Uh, we see that in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament as well about how the right use of the law shows us that we're not righteous in God's eyes. Uh, that we, we can't obey what needs to be obeyed in order to be in a right relationship with God. This is why Paul is able to say that the law is good as long as we use it the right way. Uh, because it reminds us, it shows us what sin is, what rebellion against God is. And it's only when we see that we fall short, that we're not able to do what is needed to be in a relationship with God. It's only when we realize our shortcomings that we're able to really repent and turn to the Lord to be saved. It's only when we know we have a problem that we can come to the Lord for salvation. And so the law shows us not only our own sin, but it shows us how perfect Jesus is. Because we remember, Jesus perfectly kept the law. Right, He fulfilled the law in Matthew 5.17. We read that, I believe, last week. And he perfectly kept it. He, and because he perfectly obeyed it, he's able to impute to us, to give to us the righteousness of God so that through his righteousness, through his spirit, Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 4 says, the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So now, through the Spirit, through the righteousness given to us by Jesus, we're actually, even though we're not under the law, we're actually able to fulfill what, what was intended by the law. You remember the, the law is summed up in these things, love God and love neighbor, and through the Spirit, through His Spirit in us, He actually empowers us to do that to be a new covenant people who are actually loving God and loving each other. And that fulfills not just the law in the Old Testament, but that also fulfills the law in the New Testament of what we're supposed to be doing. And so that's why in 1 John he talks about how I write to you an old commandment, and then I write to you a new commandment. It's really the same commandment that you're supposed to love, love God and love each other, because that's what God is has done perfectly for us and then gives us the ability to do through his righteousness, through his spirit, to obey God, to love God, and to love others. So that's that's as how we think about the law. Some things, there's like I said, there's more to think about, about how the law instructs us, gives us wisdom, but it's, it really also shows us our shortcomings. It shows us the perfection of Jesus and how Jesus is able to then offer us salvation because he perfectly keeps the law and makes us into people who are able to love God and love others.
And so this is some thoughts on how the, the law fits together in the overarching theme of the Bible.